Welcome to another Rightly Dividing podcast, where we explore the Bible in in-depth, looking for truth and not tradition. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Sorry it's been so long. This isn't my full-time gig. I do it when I have an opportunity to, and sometimes my house isn't always the quietest, so um, I don't want a lot of background noise, and so I take the opportunities when I can, and I'm back. I hope that um, you'll stick with me as we go through the Bible. Today we're going to look at Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 6, because we are going through the book of Genesis, or the first chapters of Genesis specifically, because I think it's very important to understand the whole Bible. So it says in verse 6 of chapter 1, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters, and God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so, and God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. Now the firmament, that word um, is a word that means a firm substance, because that's what the Hebrew word conveys, uh, a, like a hammered out substance. And the, the people in the day that this was written, from other archaeological finds and stuff, believe that... The sky was basically like a, a barrier. There wasn't anything beyond it. And so their perception was you looked up in the sky and it had an end to it, like a ceiling in your home or in a cathedral. And and that's just the way it was. So it was this idea of there was a surface up there. And then he says, let the um in the in it's in the middle of the waters. And so what this has caused is it's in the midst of the waters. What I have found from reading the Bible is we can be we can take things in a way too literal. On instead of reading it with understanding, we read it too literal sometimes. And this would be a case. Um because he says the firmament is in the midst of the water, let it divide the waters from the waters. And so what he's talking about here is there is this in the in the sky up above there is this division of waters that are below and then there's waters that are above and it says and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament and it was so later we'll find that the that the fowls of the air actually fly in the midst of this firmament now we can complicate things, but I wish we wouldn't, because if you go outside and you look around, you will look up and you will see there's clouds. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. Now, there were, there are scholars who seem to make a ridiculous claim that the people back then believed there was like holes in the sky and that the water would fall through these holes. I, I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe these were 
barbaric um, cavemen from all accounts of the scripture and other things that they couldn't figure this out. And I think the Bible testifies that they knew that clouds bring water. When the clouds come, water falls. And when the clouds go, there is no water. I mean, it's just plain simple. And there are these theories where there's water, because it's above the firmament, there's water in the third heaven, there's water in outer space. And you have to ask yourself, what in the world does that have to do with this story? What in the world does water out in space have to do with what he's saying here? Nothing. He's trying to describe the earth as it is, and he's trying to describe it as God doing it. He says, God said, let there be. So it's he's describing the actions of God, which created this, this system. Now, in, in Psalms 148.4, it says, Praise ye, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that are above the heavens. Now, again... What does it matter if there's water in outer space or in somewhere out beyond? It doesn't. What he's talking about is praising the water because they were dependent fully upon water to supply um, their needs. Um, in, verse, in fact, verse 8, he says, Fire, hail, snow, and vapor, stormy winds fulfill his words. They, they obviously know what this water is that they're talking about. It's the water that's in the heaven that brings the rain that can therefore then um, water their crops and bring forth the needed um, water that's for producing what they needed to live. And then in 2 Kings 7.2 it says, Then the Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered, the man of God, and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in the heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat. Now he's talking about there was a famine in this land, and they didn't have enough food to live, and so they thought they were all going to die. And the statement was said that even if God opened up the windows of heaven, and this is a figure of speech. He's not talking about literally there's windows up there that they saw when the windows open up, water falls out of them. That's just nonsense. They, he's talking about if God was to bring the clouds in and drop the rain in its, in its force, there would be no way to get the food fast enough for people to live. And he said, he told them, because you don't believe... Um, you're going to see it, but you're not going to eat of it. And then down in verse um, 19, he says, And the Lord answered the man of God and said, Now, behold, if the Lord should make the windows in heaven, might such a thing be, he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with the eyes, but thou shalt not eat of it again. He repeats the statement that, that God, if God sent the, the rain that's needed for the crops, because that's why there was a famine in the first place, it wouldn't solve the problem and he says, because you don't believe, you're, you're going to see that the, the salvation of the Lord, you're going to see him bring in the food they need, but you're not going to be able to eat from it. And then in Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now where hitherwith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So again, he's talking about the crops that come in, their provision 
and it comes through God opening up the windows of heaven, and they don't believe that God opens up the windows of heaven and pours out and and uh, presents and crops and food po- falls from the sky. That's it's this is figure of speech that they're talking about that the water comes out of the sky and it's their provision. It's God who provides this. So Genesis chapter two. This is what. Um, is being described here. It's the the um, hydrological system that we have in place. This kind of leads me to um, kind of go back to my point that I, I want to really emphasize because, in fact, I was just having a conversation with a, a gentleman who misunderstood me, as many do, because they believe that I'm teaching long or um, that the earth is millions of years old and evolution could be true and all this. And and I'm not against that, and I'm not for that. I mean, I may have my personal opinion about that, but what I, when I say I'm not for or against it, it means I'm not trying to teach either way. And I don't believe we should, because I don't believe that's what Genesis is doing. How we understand science and how we un- understand a story is two different things. But first let me say this, that one of the reasons I don't I'm I try to not hold to a scientific theory with Genesis is because th- theories kind of change and if they do then if your interpretation of Genesis is based upon a certain theory and then that theory gets proven wrong then we're in trouble. In fact, in the Answers in Genesis website, which is a young earth creation website, and it's of talking about this vapor, this water above and below, in one of the paragraphs it says, it says, all biblical commentators were not distraught at the windows of heaven or waters being a canopy encircling the earth. Such an interpretation was not deemed necessary in their sight. In fact, the, this idea is a recent adaptation to scripture inter- to scriptural interpretation that is less than 100 years old the canopy model was a scientific interpretation developed in an effort to help explain certain aspects of the text to those who are skeptical of a biblical account of earth's history but when it comes down to it it is not necessary and even has some serious biblical issues associated with it so what they're saying is and, and they say at other places in this article is there's a difference between saying the Bible's wrong, and saying your interpretation's wrong. Um, I've probably mentioned it before, and I'm probably going to mention it again, because um, John Lennox wrote a really good small book called Seven Days That Divided the World, and he talks about the very same kind of concept where he talks about in the past, people from the Scriptures, now it wasn't necessarily because of the Scriptures, but it came to be because of the mindset of the people that when they read the Bible, they believed that the earth was set on pillars and it was fixed because the Bible does talk about a fixed earth. And so it was believed that the sun rotated around the earth. This was held for most of human history, basically. And it was only in the last couple hundred years, I believe it was in the 1700s, that it was absolutely proven that the earth rotates around the sun. Now, everybody, we don't have an argument between fixed earthers and um, 
and you know moving earthers it's not a thing we just realize that our understanding i mean the way we read the scripture wasn't exactly how it was meant to tell the story and this is what i think we need to be careful with genesis i think we've bought into an argument that um has to do with science in fact i listen to the christian radio and you may do that too and you will hardly ever hear anything about Genesis other than if you don't believe the earth was created 6,000 years ago, years old, if you don't believe the earth was created in 6,000 years, then you don't, you don't believe the Bible, and therefore you don't believe Jesus, and the whole, the whole Bible's in question. And that is just flat-out nonsense. Because this does not talk about science here, this verse. I mean, yes, there's science in it because... How does water get to the up? It evaporates, but it doesn't tell us this. It doesn't tell us the how the system. It tells us why there is this system, and this is the important part about Genesis. This is the this is what especially. I mean, the first three chapters, but you know, the whole Bible in its sense is all about. It's to tell a story of why, and there's a word called a teleology, and I think I've already mentioned it in the podcast, but. This is a story of why things are the way they are. Now, if you go to school and you learn about evolution and um, you learn about how the earth was formed and these, you know, it, it talks about, they talk about how this happened mechanically or scientifically. But one of the things that they do that you may not be aware of, and sometimes I'm not think they're conscious of it, is there including a teleology, or a disteleology, as John Walton says in his books, The Lost Paradise, I believe the, word, the book's called. What they're doing is not only are they telling you that the earth was formed by these processes, but that because they were formed by these processes, there is no being behind it, there is no purpose behind it, it's just happened. Now, you, you cannot prove that. You, you can't do the science can't prove that. Uh, we just had a mass shooting in Texas, and there's all this information that comes in. But one of the things that everybody wants to know is why this per- person did this. Science can tell how many people were killed, it can tell what kind of gun, it can tell what trajectory the bullets were fired in, can tell you what caliber the bullets is, they can do autopsies on the victims and tell you what the bullet did the damage to kill them. It can tell you all that, but it can't tell you the story about it. And there was a shooting down in Las Vegas where the man started shooting from the hotel window at a concert and killed a bunch of people. And to this day, they have tried to uncover a motive and they cannot figure out. They don't know the story. Science can't tell the story. And this is what, the if you look up in the dictionary, what a teleology is, it's the story that goes with history. And this is the story that goes with history. You can't deny that there is water like on the surface of the earth, and you can't deny that there's water that rises up into the sky and brings forth rain. If you can't deny that, then you can't say this verse is wrong, other than the fact that you can argue about the fact that did God do it? And this is where you need to make a choice, and I need to make a choice. Are we going to look at this world as a 
a happenstance, a by chance existence, and therefore you are just by chance here. There's really no purpose, so whatever you can eke out of it is what you can eke out of it, and that's the end of it. Or you can believe that this was intentionally made by a God who placed humans upon the earth for a reason, and this will be we'll be getting in more and more. And that's what you have to do when you're reading Genesis. I want you, I want you to please read it this way. Don't read it saying how, read it saying why. Why is there not, how do we have how how is there water in the sky? How is this taking place? No, it's why do we have this system? Because it doesn't exist on any planet that we know of yet. But as far as that goes, we don't know it exists. So why does it exist here? Why? Science can't answer that. So you need a story, and that's this story. Do you believe it? Are you wanting to believe it, or are you wanting not to believe in God? There, there goes the question. Hey, thanks a lot for being here. I know I kind of rambled because this is a little bit off the cuff, but I didn't know how to write it down, and I figured the best way was just saying what I knew and what I've studied from my heart. So thanks a lot for listening. I pray that I ask that you would let other people know about my podcast and invite them to come. You can share a link. Um, Thank you so much. Have a great day.